0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So Rashi says why is the it With Two reasons. One because the Gullus of Mitzrayim began I told you not to laugh and not one of you listened to me um, the Gullus began the other one was that Yaakov we don't want it to like Kate, he wanted to tell um, now all the people who listen are listening right? they're going to tell the people watching on Torah Anytime what happened so we didn't, we didn't fool them Rashi says the other reason is that Yaakov wanted to tell them when Mashiach was going to come. Wouldn't that be great if we knew exactly when Mashiach would come? Yes. No. Yes. Who said yes? Yes. No. Yes. It would be terrible. You know why? Because if you knew when Mashiach was going to come, you would do bad things till the day before, and then you do tshuva, right? So, so we don't know. We don't know when Mashiach is going to come. Doesn't matter. Every person has to work on themselves to find their own Mashiach because it's brought down that once the whole class is each person finds their own Mashiach then Mashiach, the cloud Mashiach will come we'll talk about what that means to find your own Mashiach, right? what is Mashiach? anyone here know what Mashiach is? why is Mashiach coming? why do we want Mashiach? I know you know the song, what? save us! we need Mashiach to save us? This world. So we need Moshiach. Hashem, you save us. Mm-hmm. Why do we need Moshiach? Besides that, what, you wouldn't have the song. We want Moshiach now. If there was no Moshiach, um, because Hashem always sends a messenger, so it's hard for us. It's hard for us to like think of what Hashem says in himself, and if he sends a messenger who's so holy, so whatever, and to take us out of this galus, so, it's like, you know, really like, harsh, and maybe that's why we send messenger. Hashem said, I myself will take you out of Mitzrayim. So take us out of this Golis. We need Mashiach. We need a messenger. We had Moshe, but Moshe, Moshe, Abbeinu just let us out. Hashem took us out, and that was a little bit the mistake that they made with the Ego. Because Boko could take us out, he spoke to us twice that we couldn't handle that, but he could take us out. Just, just get rid of all our enemies, and we'll walk out. Why do we need? Look at this, everyone here. Your whole life, we want Mashiach. You have no idea what you want. Why do we want Mashiach? Come on, I want the classic answer. Yes. One people. We need Mashiach to be one people. Really? What do you think, what do you think, let me turn this phone off. What do you think, what do you think he's gonna be able to, what do you think he's gonna do? How's he gonna get us all to, how's he gonna unite us? Huh? How's he gonna unite He's gonna get up, he's gonna say, Take away the Eight Oh, Mashiach's gonna kill the Eight No. What is Mashiach? Anyone here know what Mashiach is? So the world will know that Hashem is one. Ah. This has nothing to do with people shouldn't get sick anymore. The reason that Mashiach is coming is because God is in Gullus And they're stepping all over him every day. Mm-hmm. And they're saying they don't believe in him, they don't believe in his deeds, and even the people who do believe in him, we judge him. I would never trade places with him. All day long, he just it gets complaints. All day, everybody's just complaining. This is not good, and that's not good. Can I have this? Can I have that? He's like a candy store. Can you give me this? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? So what? Okay, when, you leave, you say, thank you. when you leave the candy store, you say thank you. We here, you don't say thank you. I don't. I don't know. You're supposed to. When you get up in the morning, you supposed to say Modani. Before you leave the door, you supposed to say thank you, Hashem. I could see. Thank you, Hashem, I could walk. Thank you, Hashem, I could breathe. Thank you, Hashem, I could smell. Oh, thank you, Hashem! I can feel. Do we do? Do we all do that? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. I Good. It's very important. A yeah, a lot of people talk to Hashem, especially in casinos. You heard about that? <laughs> 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 Nobody prays more than a casino. God, if you help me, with this please help me. please help me, please help me. There's no no one prays more than in a casino. They're all praying the whole time. How many people thank Hashem for normal, regular day things? We, when there's a miracle, sure we do. And how many people thank Hashem? There are. I'm not saying that they're not. But Ramayi Sarkosh Baruch is in huge goals. You you think that when a Jewish person is sick, he doesn't feel the pain. You think when a Jewish kid goes off to death, he doesn't feel the pain. When someone is going on dates, and she's 28, and she's 30, and she's 32, and she's struggling, it's his daughter. It's his daughter. So now, the big question comes to, well, then why doesn't he change it? In other words, If my daughter was suffering and she was trying to date and she's already getting older and she's going through all... And I had the power to find the right guy and get her married, wouldn't I as a father do that? So how come Hashem doesn't do that if he's our father? It's a question I get all the time. Right? He's my father. I'm in pain. He's God. He can fix it. Why isn't he fixing it? So then we have to get into the thought of the thought process of, um, that what we look at, and that's what I'm going to speak about tonight, what we look at as fixing, actually, if he fixed it, he'd really be messing it up. What we think needs to be fixed, if he would change it, he would really be messed up. I have to tell you, you know, Nancy's not here tonight. I have to tell you what happened this week. It was my dear Nancy, my, 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 my poet. She's not here because she has a little infection in her eye. Um, so, she Nancy always says a poem before I speak, so sh- yesterday um, she wanted to talk to me about something in her life, so we made up that i that I uh, actually wasn 't yesterday it was tu- it was Tuesday that I teach It was Tuesday um, it was yesterday yeah. oh yesterday was Tuesday, yeah it 's not water that 's what I thought okay um So it was yesterday. So yesterday, she got an accessory ride. And the accessory ride brought her here. I teach from 1130 to 1230. So in the seminary. So when I got here, she was here. I'm like, what are you doing here, Nancy? She said, accessory ride came an hour early. I said, you know what? You give my class today to the seminary, the whole seminary. She's like, Rabbi. I'm like, you talk to my girls. Tell them about what you were like when you got here. Um... She, three years ago she came here, she was agnostic. Agnostic means, atheist means you don't believe in God. Agnostic means you don't believe there is or you don't believe there isn't. You just really don't know that there is or there isn't. So that's how Nancy was when she got here. And she talked about her upbringing and all the suffering that she went through. And all the girls were crying and everything. It was, it was amazing. And she read three poems. She said three poems by heart. She's an amazing woman. She's an amazing inspiration. So she went through a lot of pain, this woman. Crazy stuff she said yesterday. I almost went under the chair. What her, whatever, what she went through was like. So, and she spelled it out really clearly. So, um, afterwards, one of the girls raised her hands and she like, had a question period. She said, How did you, ha- how could you make it through such pain? Like, what do you do? How could you get, what this woman went through? I have no right to tell you. If she wants to tell you one day, she'll tell you. But what she told them was like, oh, something you just don't get over. And so this girl was like, Nancy, how do you how do you get through the pain? How do you handle the pain? She's a, she's she lives by herself today, right? How do you get through the pain? She's a poet. Um, so she looks at the girl, she says, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you the difference between a child and an adult. So when you take a child to the doctor, and the doctor takes the needle, right? and sticks it into the kid's hand, the kid goes hysterical and starts screaming like crazy. Why? Why do you have to hold the kid down? Because the child thinks that you're going to leave the needle in their arm. It's in pain, and it thinks it's always going to be in pain. It doesn't understand what's in the needle, so it's in a total panic. Oh my God, my, my hand's killing me. It's never going to go away. It's a child. Don't. You take a flu shot. You walk in on your own. Nobody pulls you in. Well, some of us, but most of us, right? <laughs> and, and, and holds you down. And you're like, okay. And they take the shot, and they give you the shot, and depending on who you are, right? You don't faint, you do faint, whatever it is. But you're not screaming hysterically, and no one has to tie you down. Because you know they're going to stick that needle in, squeeze the syringe, and pull it out. It's not staying in my arm forever. And I know that what's in that shot is there to help me. She said, that's the difference between an adult and a child. She says, I'm an adult. So the pain that God put me through in, was a needle. And it's not, allowed, it's not allowed to last forever. It only lasts forever up here. What happened to me when I was eight years old is not happening to me now. The needle is out. And she said, I got close to God, so I believe that whatever I went through Made me who I am, the poet that I am today, that I'm able to write about my pain and my hope and my potential. So there was medicine in that shot. She says, how do you get out of your pain? You grow up. And you realize, what happened happened, the needle was in my arm, but it's not in my arm anymore. And I need to go ahead and I need to go on with my life. The adult takes the flu shot and then goes to work. The adult takes the penicillin shot and then goes to work. The kid's screaming, you got to give him 25 lollipops, every different color. And they keep looking at that Band-Aid all day long. So that's the difference. As Nancy. I didn't get the share. What Nancy said. So don't think that when a Jewish kid is in pain and we're going through stuff, that the Shechina doesn't feel it. Hashem feels it. And even though he knows it's good for you, it still hurts. It hurts when you have to hold down your little baby and pour that medicine down her throat and she's spitting it and screaming like crazy. And you know you're giving her an antibiotic. It still hurts the mother. You know, that she has to do it. And the mother usually doesn't want to do it. She usually lets the father do it. You do it. Because it's very hard. Even, even when so you think it's not hard for Hashem. So Mashiach is when the world will come to the conclusion that there's only one God. And He runs the world. That's Mashiach. And it's not for us, and it's not for people to get healthy, and not to see your great grandmother who died to come back and chase a mason. It is for one reason only. It is only that the Shechina, God, should not be in Gullus anymore. That's the whole reason that we're waiting for Moshiach. So, thank you very much. That's the vodka, that's the water. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, when somebody tells you that you need to find Moshiach within yourself, what that means is that you have to you have to find within yourself God. Because if Moshiach means Gilu Shechina to the world it means that when Mashiach comes, the world is going to know that there's a God, then when you have a private Mashiach, what does it mean? He that you know there's a God. And when all of us know there's a God, then automatically the whole world will know that we're a God. And this is the Chidah, this is a little Kabbalistic, what I'm telling you, but that's what he speaks about. He speaks about every person, you're waiting for the general Mashiach, for a big chauffeur and crazy fireworks and, and, and people jumping out of the ground from their graves and it's not, what, it's not, what, it's not what's going to happen. It's not what's going to happen. Every person within themselves has to find God. Then you found your Mashiach. And if we all do that, then Mashiach will come. And that's work. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, about Yosef HaTzadik. So, Vayichi is the word that's stuma. The last word of Pashish Vayigash is Ma'od. Right? They multiply it a lot. That ended where it's supposed to. The last word of last week's pasha ended where it's supposed to. Then there was supposed to be a space to the first word of this week's pasha. But there isn't. It's over here. So the word that's out of place is not ma'od. It ended where it's supposed to. The word that's out of place is vayichi. Is life. And Rashi's telling us that the word vayichi, you need to know, is stuma. Don't try to figure out life. It is hidden. Yaakov wanted to explain, everyone needs to understand life. Hashem said, no. No. First of all, there'll be no emunah, and it won't work. He wanted to tell the kates, and Hashem said, no, you can't tell the kates. <laughs> so this is the last week, this is the last parasha this week. If you go to shul, everyone's going to scream, chazak, chazak, v'nitzchazek. Right? My mother baked a chocolate cake. Whatever, it's just a <laughs> Boys used to sing that. So, I did that for Nancy because she didn't say the poem tonight. I said the poem. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. The whole book of Rations is over. The beginning, Hashem created the world. The end is Vayichi. Beautiful. Right? Hashem created the world for life. The last parsha is life. Now the last pasuk and the last parasha is what we call in a, um, in a law case, right? So you tell your case and then you have to do what's called summation. At the end of the case, you summarize The whole case. So the last pasuk of a parsha summarizes the parsha. The last pasuk of a book, Bereshis, summarizes the whole book of Bereshis. Creation, Adam, Mabel, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Yosef. This is like the best part of the whole chumash. Everyone agrees it's Bereshis, the best best story. Shemos, we're already in trouble trying with plagues, by midball we in the desert, we're punished for 40 years, you got Kairach, and you got the Maraglim, and Devarim was just a repeat of everything else. Horatius is like, Horatius exciting. So now let's end the last passage in the book of Horatius. Let's summarize the whole Horatius. Exciting passage. Let's see what it says. By Yamas Yosef, and Yosef died. Nice. Ben Meab Eshashadim, he was 110 years old. They mummified him with a U. They wrapped him up like a mummy. They put him in a coffin. The Mitzrayim in Egypt. That's it. Book of Horatius is over. Chazak, chazak, v'nitzchazek. What? That's the last Pesach in the Book of Horatius? Yosef died, mummified him, put him in a coffin, and left him in the trial. What does that have to do with Berechiah's <laughs> the Hashem? That's how you end the Pasha by of life. Let me tell you about life. You die, they mummify you, and they put you in a coffin. Exciting! Chazak, chazak, v'nitz Yeah, great. What's going on over here? How do you end the whole book of Horatius the worst pasuk in the Torah? It doesn't say this about anybody else. It says, Here it's straight up, man. He died, They mummified him, put him in a coffin, and left him in the Torah. This looks like the worst pasuk in the whole Torah. Actually, it is the best pasuk in the whole Torah. Why? So let's take a look at why. When Yosef went down to Mitzrayim, so everyone knows the story, with Potiphar's wife, she was bothering, it's a little, tonight's little bit of a Kabbalistic shift. it's really mostly from the Chidah. So, it says the following, She spoke to him, Potiphar's wife was bothering him every single day. Okay? She was bothering him, everyone knows why she was bothering him. The Lord, he didn't listen to her. Lishka Etzla to be next to her. Lias Ima to be with her. Okay. One day he comes to the house. but Now the, the Posik is getting extremely detailed. And the Posik's telling us that she grabbed Yosef by his clothing. Do so I really need to know what she, where she grabbed him? his clothing? What do I need to know this for? Right? But the passage is telling this for a reason. Lamar saying when she grabbed his clothing imi, Sleep with me. That's when she said it, when she grabbed him by his clothing. What's going on over here? Vayazov Bigdai Biada Now everybody thinks that means he ran out and she ripped his clothing off. No. He took his jacket off. Va'yazov means he left it with her. He took his jacket off. Yanos and he ran. V'yitze achutze, he ran for his life. Now listen to the Pasik. She should have said, in the next Pasik, when she realized that he ran out, she got scared, he's going to tell everyone what she tried to do. So she ran out and told everyone, "Oh, this guy tried to attack me. That's not what the Pasek says. The Pasek says, when she saw... He ozav bigdoi biyada. That he left his jacket in her hand. When she saw that he left, that he took off his jacket and put it in her hand, and he ran out. What tickle on She started screaming to the people, and she said, you brought me this Jewish guy, look what he tried to do to me. And then it says, She took his jacket and she put it next to herself. I boy out the novel till her husband came home, and then you don't hear about it anymore. What, what's going on over here? What's going on over here? She grabbed him by his clothing. He took it off and left it in her hands. When she saw that he left his jacket in her hands, she went crazy. She started screaming, this Jew came and, he, and attacked me. And then she folded up his clothing nicely, put it next to her, and let it sit there until her master came home. This is not what it looks like. So the Chidot says something amazing. So said that the Yitzhahara, and this is very important for everyone to know, Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, Yitzhahara, this was the biggest war that ever happened. Potiphar's wife was the Nachash, says the Khidah. And he had a lot of proofs to it. Yosef is Yisoyed, is the foundation of Judaism, of the world. He was Adam. This was a war between Adam and the Nachash. Had Adam sinned, had Yosef sinned, Judaism would have been destroyed because he was his he was the foundation, and the world in turn would have been destroyed. This was the war of the world, not the H.G. Wells. This was the war of the worlds. The Tzaharan knew, and knows, girls, that he cannot get your neshama. You all think he can get your neshama. He can't touch your neshama. It would burn him to little smithereens if you knew what a neshama was. So how does he get to your soul? He can't grab onto your soul. Let's make believe your soul is too hot to touch. It's burning. So he can't touch it. So what do you do if you can't touch it? You wrap it in aluminum foil. You wrap it with something. And you touch the thing that the fire is wrapped in that you can do. So the Aizahara understood, I can't spiritually get Yosef, but, I, but he used to brush his hair. And he said he's the master of the house. So I could, if I could get his materialism, then his nishama will come with it. If I could get her, right? If I could get her materialism, then I get her soul with it. Because if I take the car and I and I tow the car, the driver in the car goes with the car. So. But to Sheshab the the Yitzehara said, "I'm going to get you on your outside stuff. I can't get your soul, but I'm going to get you on your videos and your DVDs and all your all your stuff. That's how I'm going to drag you into my into 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 my cave. I can't get you, but I can get everything around you. So all the stuff that you're connected to, that's how I'm going to pull you in. So Yosef sadik understood something that a lot of us don't understand, which I deal with all the time." And that's the famous Yetzirah word. Different. I'm different. Everybody else, they watch this movie, it affects them. Me? I can watch a hundred of these movies. It doesn't have any effect on me. Non-Jewish music? <laughs> the Wall Street, come on. It's not rap. You always talk about rap. You know? I listen to, you know, the other stuff. It's, it's not Jewish. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. Facebook doesn't affect me. Internet doesn't affect me. Texting doesn't affect me. Nothing affects me. Why? Why? Because I'm different. Most people are affects, but I, I'm different. Well, I'm not worried about him, because he's different. The word different's always in there. He's different. I'm different. They're different. We're different. Nobody's different. That's his word. It's a big word. Big D word. Different. The minute you think you're different, you're done. So, Joseph Atzalek knew, Yosef Hatzadik knew he could not go toe to toe. He could not watch a DVD and it wouldn't affect him. He knew that. And he said, The only way for me to get out of this is to remove my outer clothing. In Kabbalah, a person's outer clothing is your materialism. Your inner clothing is your neshama. Your outer clothing is your guf, is your body's needs. It's called your, and that's why it says by Elio Anavi that when he comes, Sometimes he comes as an amalach, And sometimes he travels the world as a human. So when it talks in Kabbalah about Eliyahu Anavi, when he comes to a bris, right? You don't see him. And we call him malach Abris. Because he takes off his clothing, it says. What's his clothing? He leaves his guf, his body in the next world. Because Eliyahu Anavi went to the next world alive. So it's called taking off his clothing, he takes off his guf, and he comes down as a soul, that's why you can't see him. So the guf, the body, is considered the human being's clothing. Therefore, Yosef Atsadik said, I, 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 I can't have internet. I can't. I I can't be on Facebook. I I can't read these magazines and I can't watch these movies. I can't. I gotta, I gotta take it off. I gotta, I gotta leave it in the Yetzirah's hand. Here, you watch the movie, man. So he took off his beghead and he left it in her hand. She didn't rip it off him. He took it off. He said, I can't go toe to toe in the, in the materialistic, physical world with you. You're going to win. Oh, I don't have to be gear, We just hold hands. It's not going to go anywhere else. Sure. You know why? Because you're different. <laughs> Except you find out a little bit later that you're not different. And he's not different. And nothing's different. I can control myself. It's another big word. I can control myself. No, you can't. The Torah tells you, Hashem says, I created you. And I'm telling you, you can't. I'm GM and I made the car. I can tell you what, what works and what doesn't work. It's all a fool's game. She had to go to said, you know what? I'm not playing this game with you anymore. I'm not having to talk back and forth with you. Here. Here's my, here's, my, here's my goof. Here's my goshmias. When she saw, when the Satan saw that he took off his goshmias, he took his DVDs and his screen and his Facebook, unplugged it, took it out of the room, Said I don't want to ever see it again. Itzhak said, uh, "Now I'm I'm lost. I'm Dunsky. I can't beat him." He, so when she saw that he took off his clothing and left it in her hand, she started to scream, "A Jew! How can he do this?" She went crazy because she knew she lost. Itzhak knew right away he lost. You take that thing out of your room, and you and you and you unplug it, and you say I don't want it in my room anymore. It's over. But Wallstein doesn't have a computer. I don't have a computer. Because I know I'm not different. I'm not taking a chance. I have no computer. You come to my office, you look at my desk, I have this little mirror, says, Shavisa Hashem Sam, and have a good day. No computer. I'm totally illiterate. In fact, this guy in Toronto said to me, right, Wallstein, if you want me to donate money to your, to your cause, you better get a BlackBerry. Because I can't watch you when you send the message. Take 40 minutes to say hello. <laughs> So he told me, he says, you're so out of the technical world. You think I'm, you think I'm dumber than anyone else in this room? You think I, don't know how I can't run a computer? I'm not as smart as everyone in this room, but some people I'm maybe equal. If you have an IQ of 92, you're equal. We're equal. I'm kidding. So why don't I have a computer? I'll tell you why don't I have a computer. When computers first came out, it was very exciting. I got a computer in my office. I'm the president of the company, big company. And I put the computer on, and the screen came on. Of course, in those days, it wasn't a flat screen. It was about this wide, you know. And had an email. Urgent. Must open immediately. I'm like, whoa, somebody's in big trouble. So I pushed that little enter button. Oh, my gosh, that picture that showed up on my screen. I was like, whoa. I was blushing. There was no one in the room. So I was like, delete, delete. delete." It doesn't delete when you want it to delete. Whatever it is. I'm not a tzaddik. I said to myself, I wasn't even looking for this. You know, I didn't know that PG, LPG, whatever it means, there's a picture. I didn't know anything about computers. So I hit the button. It was like urgent. I figured someone's in trouble, whatever it is. I was like, I wasn't even looking for this. And look what just popped up on my screen. Imagine if I'm looking for it, what I'm going to find. So that night, I unplugged my computer with the screen, with the whole thing. In those days, they had these big boxes, took it, put it on the couch. And my, the guys might will tell you that. Took it on the couch. Put it outside, I said, This is never coming into my room again. I took off the outer garment, I said, I'm an nice day here, You're gonna get me in other places, but you ain't get me on a computer. You're not gonna catch me looking at things I shouldn't, you're not gonna catch me talking to someone I shouldn't, you're not gonna catch me in a chat room, you're not gonna catch me on Facebook. It ain't happening. You know why? Because I don't have a computer. So I'm not sitting there with a computer saying I know how to control myself. I'm not sitting there with a computer. That's what Yasef Atzadik did. And when the Yetzirah saw that he left his outer clothing in his hands, but the Yetzirah said, ha 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 ha, <laughs> so you think you beat me? So the Torah tells us, says a Chidah, that he took the clothing, he took the physical Yetzirah world, and he folded it, and he put it next to him, and he said, Yosef, you beat me this time. But I'm going to leave it here until the master comes home. Says the Chidol, Who's the master? Mashiach comes. Until Mashiach comes, the Yetzirah says, I got the outer clothing. So you might have gotten away with it, but your kids are not. Till the master comes home, It's next to me. And I'm going to come up with Twitter and Schmitter and all the other stuff and crazy stuff that you never even dreamed of. I'm going to come up with all this stuff. You might have, you might have gotten out of here, Yosef. But my Tanakh it's next to me until the Master comes home. And that's what we're all dealing with. Now, let's take a look at Yosef Hatsavik. So he ran for his life. So what happens... In a couple of weeks from now, Paz of Bishalach, Klai comes to the Yamsuf, the Jews come to the Yamsuf, and they're stuck. There's a Yam in front of them. There's a bunch of sugar terrorists with, with vests they are going to blow themselves up behind them. Right? They want to murder all the Jews. So they're stuck. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to the, to the Yam, Split! And the Sar Shal Yam, the Malach of the Yam, says, No! I'm not splitting. And Moshe's like, Why not? He says, because I was created in nature, Teva, and in nature, the ocean doesn't split. So I'm not splitting. you said, but it's Jewish nation. Hashem's nation. Yam said, Hey, my dad, Hey, my the Jews serve idols and the Arabs serve idols. I am not splitting. But we say, Halel, Hayam, Rav, The ocean saw something, Hayanas, and it split. What did it see? says the Medrash, two Medrash, three different Medrashim. One says, Atzmo Yosef, the bones of Yosef, and one says, arayn Shal Yosef. It saw the Arayn, the coffin of Yosef. Manashtana. Well, the, the other one is that he jumped in, Nachshon jumped into the water. But even if Nachshon would have jumped into the water, if it wasn't for Yosef, the water would not have split. What do they see? And what's the difference between the two Medrashim? One says it saw the Arayn, the coffin, and one says it saw his bones. What does that mean he saw his bones? What does that mean he saw his bones? First of all, we know tzaddikim, they don't decay. So if he saw Yosef, he saw a whole body. He was mummified. There were no bones. It was a body. So what is, what is Major saying he saw his bones? So the Hidaz says that he saw that he was only bones, that there was no guf. That Yosef had the power to run away from the Nachash, from the Satan, to take off his guf. And he said, that's not Teva. That's not nature. For a person to be able to get out of his physical world like he did, that's not natural. And therefore, for him, I have to be not natural. And therefore, I have to split. Not all the Jews, not Moshe Benu, not Aharon, nothing. So one guy and it saw his bones why his bones? It wasn't his bones it saw that he's just the skeleton just the main part he was just Neshama he had taken off his growth. he said so, wow a person was able to go against his teva against his nature then for him I have to go against my nature and therefore he split just Yosef's body but since he already split Yosef's body all the Jews got through Psh, what a medrash what one person can do now, let's take a look at the last pasuk in Pesach The last pasuk says that Yosef died and they mummified him by Yisem and They put him into a coffin. The biggest word in the whole book of Bereshach, maybe in the whole title, is the last word before you say Chazak, Chazak, Minas Chazay, the last word in Pesach What's that word? be mit Because had they done to him what they did to Yaakov and taken his body out of Mitzrayim and buried him in Eretz Yisrael then when the Jewish nation came to the ocean it wouldn't have split because the only reason it split was because the of Yosef the bones of Yosef were being carried so had they not mummified him and buried him in Egypt had they buried him in Israel the Yam would not have split. Had the Yam not split, the Jews would have been killed. If all the Jews would have been killed, we wouldn't have gotten the Torah, and there was no, no reason to create the world because the whole world was created so that we should get the Torah. So what's the consummation of the, of of of, of, of Because the, the whole reason Hashem created the world was so that we should get to to get the Torah. If he, if Yosef wasn't buried in this last word in Mitzrayim, we would have never gotten the Torah. We, the Yamz would have never split. So the worst word and the worst Pesach in the Torah is the best. Thing that ever happened to us, Vayichi is stumah. Life is closed. What looks like it's the worst thing in the world ended up being the best thing. What looks like the worst word, Mitzrayim, that's how you end the Torah, the best word. It wasn't for that word, Mitzrayim. He would have been buried in Eretz Israel. We wouldn't be here tonight. Wow. What a lesson to learn in the last word of Bereshus. And what Hashem is telling us all is Bereshus I I created this. I created this world. And the worst thing that you see in this world, the worst Pasuk, you don't understand the secret behind it. The best thing that ever happened was that Yosef was buried in Mithrayim. Had he been buried in Yitzchel, we wouldn't be here. To end with a story, it's amazing. I don't know if this gets you excited. It makes me crazy. This stuff makes me crazy. When you look at a Pasuk like this, and you see the deepness of the Pasuk and how... Like the worst possible, we learn, we, everybody reads it, you go to shul, you're like, okay, let's go, kiddish. Kiddish. Are you kidding me? Yosef got buried in Mitzrayim, so the Yom would split. Wow, it looks so terrible. Why did he deserve to get buried in Mitzrayim? He saved the whole world. And what did he say, Yosef? Don't leave Mitzrayim Promise me, do not leave Mitzrayim without my body. Now let me tell you someone else who was able to take his outer clothing off. And that's why he was able to go to Shemayim and and be in Shemayim for 40 days. His name was Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu, when everybody was busy collecting all the money from Mitzrayim, what did he do? He went looking for the Atmos Yosef. He went looking for the bones of Yosef. He says, I don't need money. I don't need the outer clothing. I got to find Yosef. Yosef has to come out of Mitzvahim with us. If he doesn't come out of Mitzvahim with us, we don't go. Moshe well, was also on that level. He was able to take the outer clothing. There was no him. He was, he was Ms. I don't know what that is. Oh, someone's getting a phone call. Abivit? Anyway, Yosef and Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu understood that So when everybody was busy Collecting, collecting, collecting He went just for the answer And that's who he was And that's why he was able To go to the next world Alive 40 days And be able to take off That materialistic There was no him the, 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 in, in the Sifri Musa and Kabbalah The clothing of a person Is his gaiva Is his gaiva You know what that is His his big shot Is me me. You know who I am? I am You know who I am I don't know, if you know how to turn this off, I have no idea whose phone this is, or how to turn this off, or whatever it is. You can figure it out. So, gaiva, a person being a big shot, that's called your clothing. Why? Because, why do you get dressed? People get dressed in a certain way, because they're, they're making a statement, right? So, clothing is part of a person's gaiva. In other words, I'm showing off, I'm wearing this design, I'm wearing that design, I'm wearing this design. So, so a person who gets rid of his outer clothing is a person who actually gets himself out of the way. It's not about me, it's not about, it's not about me. In a marriage, if it's about you, I want my wife to look good for me, that's not, that's not loving, that's not caring about somebody. If you want someone to look, you want your wife to look good because she should look good, she should feel good. Not that she should look good for me. Or that when she cooks something, it should be good for me. It should be, she should be happy that she cooked something and everyone at the table is saying, wow, ma, that's delicious. It's a whole different, it's a whole different relationship. When a, when a person's relationship is based on the other person, not himself. That's that clothing that gets in your way. That, it's about me. That's called Gaiva. Yosef Tzaddik didn't have that. Moshe Abenon didn't have that. And that's why at the end of this week's Pasha, Yosef Tzaddik tells his brothers, when they say to him, now that our father Yaakov died, so you're going to take revenge, right? Now you're going to take revenge for what we did to you. We know you're going to take revenge. And he said, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. He said, you thought you were doing something bad to me Hashem did it for my good, for our good." And then he says to them, don't worry I'm going to feed you let' from your children And he comforted them And he spoke to their hearts. How could Joseph speak to the hearts of the guys that sold him, that tried to murder him? How do you speak to someone's heart who tried to kill you? And the answer is, if there is no you, if you're a vocal yourself, there's no problem speaking to the other person's heart. And that's what, that's what, that's what the end of this pasha is, that's who he became. I'm going to end with an, an amazing story, it's a two minute story, which, which talks about the a very, very deep story, which I've never said before. This guy comes to this person's house, very, very close friends, and he sits down, and his friend says, I bought this amazing wine, I'd like you to taste it. And he takes, takes out this gorgeous, crystal goblet and he pours the wine for his friend and his friend sits he starts drinking and he puts it down and they're talking and by accident his elbow hits the goblet and falls down to the floor and it shatters and he feels really bad and he says to his friend you know I just broke this crystal goblet here's $20 I'm really sorry I did it he says I don't, don't worry about it you did it by accident he says I know but I broke your crystal goblet here's $20 he goes $20? 20 $20 $20 is not going to cover what I paid for this he goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What was it, $100? Here's a check. Here's $100. He goes, no, no, it's okay. I don't need it. No, no, I want you. I, I want to pay you for it. He says, no, no, $100 is not going to it. It's a crystal gobble. How much could it be? He says, I'll give you, here we go again. Someone's very busy here. I'll give you $500. $500. Can't be more than 500 He says, listen, I don't want your money. I'm not interested. Don't pay me. No, but I want to pay you. I don't want to walk out of here feeling bad. He says, well, $500 is not going to Crystal goblet cost ready. Here's a thousand dollars! Whatever's extra, give to Tsadaka. He says, I don't want your money, but a thousand dollars doesn't cover that. How much is this crystal goblet worth? He says, I don't want to tell you, you're gonna really feel bad that you broke it. <laughs> he says, No, no, I, I got plenty of money. How much is it worth? Twenty million dollars. What? 20 million dollars a crystal goblet he goes "Yep, I bought it from a museum in France it was found in the cave of Elijah the prophet Eliyahu and it is recorded back to the times of Eliyahu and it is said that this was the crystal goblet that Eliyahu Novi used to make Kiddush." And it cost $20 million in Sotheby's. And I bought it. And the guy's like, I can't believe I did this. I feel so bad. He said, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you feel a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted you to drink the wine out of the goblet today because we've been so close all these years. I bought the goblet for you. He says, what? He says, I was going to make a and tell you keep the goblet and I was going to tell you the history of it. Sorry. He's like, why didn't you tell me about it before you gave it to me? <laughs> I would have been so careful with it. In fact, I don't even know if I would have drank the wine out of it. I would have wrapped it up. Twenty million Yo, I know this top on the floor in pieces. I had a yo I know this top. And my friend was giving it to me for free. How can I do this? Why did you tell me this beforehand? Why don't this surprise you? Yeah. You surprised me. You broke it. <laughs> oh, what a story, girls that's your soul that Hashem gave you when you came to this world alright so I did a couple of things I'll do tshuva so I did a couple of things it's the end of the world I'll do tshuva no it's your neshama is worth a lot more than that okay how much can my neshama be worth And we go through life, 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 and we find out at the end of life that a person's soul is indestructible. A person's soul, a person's potential, a person's life—every minute that you're in this world, you can do so much. It's worth twenty billion. Forget about Eliyahu's cup. It's Chani's soul is worth more than Eliyahu's cup. It's alive. It has potential. It can change. It could, it could be a Nancy. It could be an Nechama who got up after all her pain in front of a bunch of seminary girls and said to them, the needle's not in your arm, girls. She's given them Musa. They've been in Beis Yaku for 14 years. And this woman, who's three years, not agnostic, three years, that's it. Sharmu Shabbos. She said, I can't go to shul because I can't read a word of Hebrew. Telling these girls, the needle's not in your hand anymore. Get past it. Wow! The power of a soul. She's 65 years old. She got up and announced it. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it. She said, I'm not a little girl. I'm 65 years old. I changed at 62. My life started, she said, in Arnava, in this chair, at 62 years old. Now that is more than Elia Novi's car. And in the end of life, when it's too late and it's broken it's laying on the floor because of everything that we did to it. She says, and by the way, that nishama, I gave it to you for free. That was my present to you. Too late. Right. It's on the floor, broken into little pieces. Because what? Because some stupid movie star that we had to watch? For what? For who? Where is it going to get us? For a moment of pleasure, where's that getting us? It's gone. You can't even remember it. For what? A moment of escape? Escape from what? Escape from life? S- escape from potential? Where are you escaping from? <laughs> oh, you know these cop. Yeah. It's a piece of glass. a shama. <laughs> Laichih. Last week's pasha. he life. Life is stuma, but life is... Is the end of Moresh, Hashem created the world for this Vayechi. For this, and it's very next to what word? What's the word that it's connected to in the Torah? Ma'od! Ma'od! A lot! Person doesn't matter how long you live. How many years you live. It's how you live. Person can live in one year more than people live in a hundred years. It's every moment, it's every day, it's every Vayechi. It's every second. Mashi Jervel. Every second that a person's alive. Connected to Tasha. You have more than a crystal goblet. Be careful with it. Wrap it. It's fragile. Be careful with it. When the ATR comes to you, say here, leave me alone. I don't want this in my room. I don't want this part of my life. I can't beat you. I can't challenge you because I'm not different. I'm not falling for that. Wallstein told me I'm not different. I'm not different. Get it out of your room. Get it out of your life. Become a Yosef HaTzadik because you know what? Because of you, the rest of Christ might be saved. It was only because of Yosef. Otherwise, we would all been down with the Mitzvahim together. Wow! What a Pasha. Pasha of What a Pasha. Pasha of life. Each one of you, each person, is writing a Pasha called Vayichi. Every single person has a pasha called vayachi, life And the end of that pasha is chazak, chazak, it's chazak. Be strong. Forget the needle, it's out of your hand already. Go right there. Live life. Grow. <coughs> Connect. And then everyone will find their Mashiach. And when everybody finds their Mashiach, Mashiach will come. She have an amazing. The rest of the week and a good Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com